and I had a couple people in the newsroom be like, who's Brooke Henderson? And I'm like, oh my God, like who's Brooke Henderson? Only the most, the winningest golfer in Canadian golf history, male or female. It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael Houndog Harrison. Hey, I'm back from my summer hiatus to bring you more episodes of the H-Dog Pod. Welcome to episode 86, the Greg Norman edition of the podcast. Whoa, picking the great white shark for the athlete number is certainly controversial, given how he's at the head of the lame new Live Golf Series, which is funded by Saudi blood money. But why is Norman connected to 86? Well, in 1986, he held the 54-hole lead at all four major championships that year. That is absolutely insane. Despite having the Saturday Slam, he only converted one of those four into victories at the Open Championship. The 2022 edition of the Open recently ended with fellow countryman Cameron Smith winning, and he's rumored to potentially also be headed to live. Unfortunately, all the players defecting has robbed us of the opportunity of seeing more great golfers competing in the same events. As a diehard golf fan, I find it strange that non-golf fans seem to be more interested in that nonsense golf tour than golf purists. As you could tell, I think it's a bunch of baloney. Side tangent, I can never quite figure out why baloney is spelled B-O-L-O-G-N-A. Doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I digress. Back to live golf. It's 54-hole events, as opposed to the typical 72. Everyone playing at the same time in shotgun starts. Some bizarre team format that no one can figure out. It's also weird to me. Who knows, maybe it'll become a massive success, but I wouldn't bank on it. Though the players are certainly making bank with Mickelson, DJ, DeChambeau, Kepka, and others getting hundreds of millions to sign up to play. Now, I briefly said massive success there seconds ago. Well, I expect the Live Golf to be a colossal long-term failure. My next guest most certainly won't be that because she's a huge success in her career and her thoughts on this new Live Golf Tour will certainly be fascinating. So without further ado, let's bamboo. Or without further ado, let's get cracking. Whichever rum company wants to sponsor this podcast. Okay, now welcome on Taylor Lucas. She's a sportscaster for City News 680 Radio in Toronto and Sportsnet's The Fan 590. She's a huge reality TV and diehard sports fan, so we'll surely discuss those and more. Welcome to the H-Dog Pod, Taylor. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, all of the above, incredibly true. I. It's funny because people always ask me, like, what are you watching? What's your new favorite show? If it's not reality TV or sports, I've probably never seen it. <laughs> it's so true. We've Same for me. bonded over that. <laughs> yeah, definitely too many reality shows that sometimes I'm just like, can I just like cut one out and not actually care about it at all? But unfortunately, once I've watched a show and I'm ho- hooked with it, I'm pretty much uh, with it to the end. So that's oh, just yeah, the way I it goes. I can't cut any at this point. I'm too, um, I'm too dedicated to all of them. So between all the all the reality episodes and all the sporting events I have to watch. I have no time for anything else. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Well, for those who uh, follow my YouTube podcast called The Bros Ceremony, Taylor was on episode 11 and she gave some incredible insight into the show as a Bachelorette Insider. So with a few episodes of uh, Gabby and Rachel's new season in the the books here now, uh, how do you think it's been going so far? I'm I'm really glad that we're starting off with this because I have a lot of opinions. Nice. I love it. Give all the fiery hot takes you want. Okay, so I've seen a lot of people saying that they were, like, really weary about two bachelorettes because I don't know if you remember, but we've had two bachelorettes before in a way. Caitlin Bristow's season, they started out with her and um, Britt. Right. 
but they did it so that the men right of the limo basically walked up to the bachelorette that they were interested in. And it caused a lot of drama in the sense of everyone kind of was leaning towards Caitlin. And then it made, you know, Britt look like very, she was very embarrassed and, Mm -hmm. you know, people got really upset about it and they didn't want that happening at this season. But I think they're doing a really good job. I think the girls are handling it really well and I really like it. I think it's adding something that the show has needed for a long time because it was getting not boring. The show was never boring, but it was getting a little stale. I Mm -hmm. think agreed. Yeah. And I'm really liking this because in my opinion, and obviously we don't know this yet, but I think Gabby and Rachel are the type of girls who would not let production production turn them against each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think they're, I think especially Gabby, I think they are, savvy enough and I think they're independent and strong enough and I think they're communicating really well with each other in terms of who they like and it doesn't really seem give or take a couple instances like small instances that they even really like the same guys uh, no doubt. But uh, actually, there's, there's a question I wanted to ask you about that, because uh, on this uh, second episode, I'm really bad with names, so I might forget this, but the guy's name, but I think his name was Jordan. Uh, Rachel went on a one-on-one with him, and she was really yeah. excited about him, thought he was going to be great, blah, 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 blah. Eventually, she decided, yeah, I'm not really feeling it with him, so she basically sent him packing. But so I was thinking about that, though. I'm sure, I'm, I'm guessing she has to consult with Gabby on this one. But like, what if, for example, Rachel wasn't feeling it with this uh, with this guy Jordan, gets rid of him, but then it turned out that Gabby actually liked that Jordan guy. That'd be kind of awkward to get rid of him when Gabby would be like, "No, but I wanted to give him a shot." Like, I think that would be kind of weird that potentially if if that happened. Yeah, I thought that at first too. I thought that was a little strange, but I think, and again, I could be totally wrong about this, but I can only imagine that there is something that we haven't seen where they've sat down with production and basically said who they are and who they aren't interested in. And we won't see that. I don't think on our TVs anytime soon, like maybe in a few episodes, but I have to believe that there was some conversation that's happened either between Rachel and Gabby or like the girls and the production team of who is what, like who they, who they're interested in, who they're not interested in, who they're mutually interested in. And I can, only assume that Gabby had kind of said, oh, yeah, like Jordan's all yours kind of thing. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not. That's I have to assume that because you're right. That would be very strange. Yeah, no, that, that was my my figure, uh, how I figured on that as well. And and as you mentioned uh, there earlier, as of now, anyway, they've been done a very good job at communicating with each other and they haven't had too much overlap in terms of the guys they like. Uh, but I do. I mean, I must admit, it would be, it would be pretty cool if that eventually happened. Uh, do you think there'll be a, an instance where... Uh, they both sort of uh, are, are, you know, zoning in on one guy and then there might be, some, of course, there has to be tears. Yeah, I think there is going to be circumstances. And the reason that the only, one of the only reasons that I think it will for sure happen is because I, I just can't see production letting things go that smoothly. You know what I mean? Like there has to be some kind of drama and outside of the typical drama that we get of, oh, he changed his mind and he eliminated himself or he's got a girlfriend back home or whatever the typical there's got they, they ha, they're gonna add a new element of drama that involves the two of them so i imagine at some point there's either gonna be like a guy 
is kind of playing them both, which we've seen in previews a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be, you know, they both have feelings for side. There'll be something small. I don't think it'll be like drama in the sense of they turn against each other, but I do think it'll be drama in the sense of what's going to happen, you know. Maybe uh maybe I'm just imagining this, but it seems like uh the last few seasons of the show it used to always be if there's someone was uh you know uh, a, b- a bad apple they would always a uh, villain. yeah they would always keep them like n- no matter what they'd be like four or five episodes in and you're thinking you know as, as a viewer I like this it's entertaining but you're like okay there's no way this is ridiculous that they're keeping them this long but it doesn't seem like that's happening in the last couple of seasons of the Bachelorette anyway it feels like they're like nope right away bye bye see ya yeah it's it is funny that you say that because you're right. I, I think, but I think because reality TV is turning into something now where I just think people are not willing to be manipulated on TV anymore. And I think in the past, before we kind of knew a lot about what went behind the scene, what went on behind the scenes, we were seeing leads being kind of manipulated by production. And I think now they're just not having it. Like they're just, they're not about it. They're, they, they're there for what they want. However, um, I do think we are slowly seeing a, a villain emerge, if you know who I'm talking about. Like I said, I'm uh, super bad with names. Uh, well, there was a villain, uh, I'm sure we'll get to him, Chris, uh, in that episode, but he already left there. They basically, uh, and justifiably, got rid of him right away. So who do you, yeah. uh, who, who is that? What's the name? I'm sure uh, once you say it, I'll be like, oh, of course, of course. We're just noticing like I'm noticing small behaviors, but I've been, but in previews, I, I um, Hayden. Mm. Is that the guy that looks like grocery store Joe? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is that guy. I think we're, I don't, I'm just from what I've, I've noticed from previews and it looks like from when I, I so I, I've told you this before, when I look at previews, I kind of analyze backgrounds and, you know, like locations and people and try to figure out how far into the season these previews are mm-hmm. and from what i've seen it looks like yeah ha- they keep him around for a while so if he's being a villain i think he's being a sneaky villain you know what i mean like not really showing the girls uh, absolutely yeah that's, maybe like a nuisance in the house that's very funny you said about him because uh like i said i i, I didn't actually know his name but uh, i knew he looked like uh grocery store <laughs> joe so obviously everyone loves grocery store joe he's amazing so it's like this guy can't be a, possibly be a villain he's grocery store joe so that'd be uh, quite yeah. a twist i like that that'd be, that'd be pretty entertaining yeah well speaking of grocery store joe we do have Bachelor in Paradise coming up again, too. Oh, really? So I was actually wondering about that, because normally Bachelorette doesn't start uh, in July. I mean, I actually didn't even realize it was starting until it was on my PVR. But uh, yeah. So I assumed there was no uh, Paradise. So so there is, in, uh, I'm assuming, it's in, in August? It's in September. September. Which, which, which it, it's premiering on the 27th of September. Isn't that just way too late for you for Bachelor in Paradise? Yeah, well, yeah, that, that was always a summer thing, right? So I think yeah. maybe what, what happened... And uh, Adam Skelly and I were doing the bro ceremony for for quite a while there. And then I think um, it was just, well, I don't think, I know, it was like bachelor fatigue. Like the seasons were just like over and then like two weeks later, it was another season type thing, right? So I think they were like a little conscious of that. Maybe the ratings weren't as good. I think actually they weren't because it was just too much bachelor. So I think they've been pushed everything back. But yeah, bachelor in paradise in September just seems weird. Well, I guess it would be like mostly October. Yeah, it's in July every year, right? So, I don't know. Like, I'm not loving it. I don't know that I'll really be as engaged 
with Bachelor in Paradise as I as I normally am. Mm-hmm. I really do enjoy the like matching summer to summer vibe with it. Yeah, and uh, you, and you mentioned grocery store Joe. I, I don't uh, typically I don't ever actually follow these people after they've uh, left the seasons. I'm I'm almost certain I think I've seen somewhere on social media he's still with uh, the Canadian uh, again, Serena. Like, yeah, Serena. Yeah, Serena Pitt. Yeah, he is actually a lot of the Paradise couples still together. Um, uh, Becca and Thomas are engaged. Wow. Abigail and Noah are still together. Hmm. Serena and grocery store Joe are still engaged. It's and, uh, crazy, eh? Like, uh, it does feel like uh, there's been more success stories here in the recent, uh, uh, maybe the last five years or so of the show compared to the first, yeah. like, whatever it was, 15, 20 seasons. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. And and even odd, more odd is that we're seeing way more success come from Bachelor in Paradise than from the actual Bachelor, which is crazy because Bachelor in Paradise films over the course of, I believe, 17 days. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Hey, so, no, actually, uh, I found my wife or my husband after 17 days. It's uh, right. Uh, we had uh, also in the bureau ceremony, uh, Brendan Scanzano Zanzo, who is on Bachelor uh, Bachelorette and uh, and uh, Bachelor in Paradise, and he was saying on his season, The Bachelor in Paradise Canada, like basically because it is such a short time frame that uh, they end up having these deep, meaningful conversations way more than you ever would if you were just dating someone in the you know outside in the real world. So even though it is a compressed schedule, it does feel like it's a lot longer. He was saying. Yeah, I could see that because, I mean, even in the real world, right? Like, I feel like sometimes you just, and even in friendships, not not even just relationships, you meet someone sometimes and you're just so comfortable around them and you, you have these really deep conversations and you kind of leave it thinking, oh, it feels like I've known them forever. So I can see how that could be true. I would, I would want to pull a Abigail and Noah, though, where it's like you leave dating. I, I don't know that I would want to mm-hmm. leave engaged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, absolutely. I, that, that just feels like it just feels very showy to me. If you were to uh, mm-hmm. be be leaving engaged, it's like okay, like let's actually see them in the real world before I w- would ever want to get engaged with someone. You know, maybe live with them a little bit. Uh, well, I guess they are sort of living with them on the island, but um, well, yeah, there's a lot of- more things that goes on into it than just being engaged that quickly. I agree. Yeah, and and then speaking of engagement, what are you thinking for this bachelorette season? Do you think? Do you think either both the girls will leave engaged? One of the girls? Like, what are your thoughts? I've been, I've been really trying to. Normally, I feel like I can kind of scope it out, and it, but I, I have no idea. Yeah, no, you're right. It's a definitely very much up. I'm assuming that they'll at least uh, leave the show uh, thinking they both were engaged, just because last time, obviously, uh, with Clayton uh, and the hardship at the end with uh, him basically screwing them over. I'm going to assume that they will, but I don't really have any obvious, like, for sure, this guy, no doubt about it, is going to be the winner. And even if I did have that uh, theory, usually it doesn't end up coming true anyway. So, uh, so you, don't, you don't have any uh, early front runners uh, for your, your picks to win at all? For, in terms of, like, picks to win, I think, I, see, I have to kind of get my own taste out of my head. Because if, if I was doing what who I would want to win, it, it, for, like, as well as kind of the connection. I love, um, I love Tino. Mm-hmm. I, I love Tino for Rachel. I, the, he got her first impression rose. I, I can see them being engaged. And I really liked Eric. Um, Eric for Gabby. with an H. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, Eric with an H, very, I mean, he didn't pick the spelling of his name, so that's okay. <laughs> um, and Nate, the one that she had her first, um, her first one-on-one with, I like him. And then also for Rachel, um, Avin, Avin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the yeah. name pulled up here, so I could actually... Uh, what do you think about the Jacob, the the guy who is uh, like Tarzan and who uh, didn't have a shirt for the first episode and a half? Oh yeah, no, that's not my type. <laughs> yeah. I don't like. I don't like that. I was uncomfortable. Yeah, and then oh, I'm just looking looking through the profiles now. Uh, Meatball, the guy. Do you think there's any chance a guy named Meatball and he calls himself Meatball uh, has a chance to actually win the the show or not win the show, but actually uh, no. be engaged? Like it just the ridiculous, right? No, yeah. So here's, you know, if you're an avid, um, if you're an avid watcher of The Bachelor and Bachelorette, you know that there's categorized contestants is kind of what I like to call it. There's different types of contestants and the ones who do these big gimmicky things where, you know, where, where they really lean into to like a personality trait, like, oh, being, being a, an Italian or being, a, you know, this or that or, or oh, this is my shtick. Those guys don't win. Right. Do you think uh, producers like uh, essentially very strongly suggest to some of the guys like you have to make this entrance? Like, for example, Meatball, because your nickname is Meatball. Like you basically, quote unquote, have to come out with a massive Meatball sub. Like, or do you think like uh, there's a, say he told them that my, my nickname is Meatball. And he's like, no, no, I don't want to do that. That's gimmicky. She's not. They're not going to like me. Do you think they pretty much, pretty much make them do those things just for gimmicks? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and so, I my my theory on that is that I think they know who the bachelorettes, or in this case, multiple bachelorettes, are going to be interested in, and I think they they definitely have an idea of who's probably not going to win. And I really do think that they encourage some gimmicks out of those people that may may not win because at least they're going to be getting some entertainment out of it, right? And so, yeah, like, I mean, if I'm being honest, too, I think I do wholeheartedly believe that guys who go on that show know whether or not they'll, they'll even have, they'll have a shot at winning. For a lot of those guys, if they think, you know, they definitely don't have a shot at winning, maybe they're more willing to lean into those goofy roles because then at least you'll remember them. And those goofy guys, at least one or two of them get a spot on paradise. Right. So I think a lot of those guys are very um, calculated Mm -hmm. in what, what they kind of allow production to do with them, because I think a lot of them know, okay, I don't think I'm going to win this season. Like I'm not, you know, super hot, you know, memorable guy compared to the whatever, mm-hmm. but they might think, Oh, but if I, if I do this crazy entrance, if I'm the goofy guy, if I'm the funny guy, if I'm the guy who makes the faces, if I'm the guy who, you know, does this and does that, at least I'll get some screen time and screen time equals spots on paradise. No, it's uh, very, very true. I'm starting to get a little stressed out because I'm noticing that Rachel's kind of getting the edit of like the less desirable girl. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed in previews and like even the last couple episodes, we're seeing guys kind of start to, I think as we're moving forward, the guys are going to have to make, and the girl and the girls are going to have to make decisions on who they're only going to date. Cause it's not going to be them dating everyone for the rest of this, this season, right? Like that's not going to happen. They're going to branch off. 
So I, I think from what I've seen in previews in the last episode is we're seeing a lot of these guys say, oh, we're, oh, I'm here for Gabby. I'm here for Gabby. I'm here for Gabby. And it's, it's really upsetting me. It's, I don't want to see that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that obviously again, they're going to try to lean into that little bit like, oh, that's good TV. If uh, a guy says that, uh, but yeah, they definitely have built it up in the previews. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but it does feel like this season, uh, a, a new uh, word has entered the uh, lexicon of Bachelorette uh, discussions. Usually, you know, it's in it for the right reasons, uh, vulnerable, yeah. all these different words. I've noticed this season, uh, maybe I'm wrong, maybe it's been on other ones as well, the term, uh, he's very intentional. Intentional is a new one this year. Is that? Uh, am I wrong on that, do you think? seems like they, no, they've been saying a lot. That is such a good observation. It is a new word. I've never heard, I, and I kind of noticed it, um, but you're right because, and, and this, I could be wrong on this, but I think they're really, they're really holding on to that word because it's kind of the opposite of how Clayton was toward them. Right. Like his words weren't always intentional. They were, they were kind of like when he would say stuff to them, like, I want you to stay another week. I, I want you here. Like it could be you. Like that clearly wasn't the truth. Right. Like there was, they weren't, what he was saying wasn't intentional. So I think they're really leaning in to this new word because it's kind of the opposite of Clayton. So I think they're kind of, it's almost, I know it's not a purposeful dig, but it's almost like a dig. (laughs) (laughs) Another reality show that just actually started uh, fairly recently here and uh, started binge watching. And and unfortunately it's not on CBS anymore because they got rid of uh, the host who's now replaced by Sarah Hyland of uh, Modern Family uh, fame, and she's also, I believe, the fiancé of Wells, uh, the Bachelor at, yeah. uh, sorry, the Bachelor in Paradise uh, host. Uh, so she's been good, uh, but I, I, I guess he's the original narrator of Love Island from, like, you know, the UK. I miss so much the narrator. The guy, he's gone because it's not on CBS anymore. I love the narrator. He was amazing, this guy, and he's gone. It's really rattling me. Do you do you like the new guy? New no, old guy? No, I I miss the old narrator, and I don't know his name. What was his, what was his name? Michael? I don't know. But oh no, I I totally agree. I totally agree. Even even I I so they 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 went with Sarah Hyland because of the product, like because of the the change. It went from uh, what, what were they streaming on before the or, uh, CBS, CBS CBS now it's on Peacock. Yeah, right, right, right. Now it's on Peacock. So they they switched over from Ariel Vandenberg to this to Sarah and yeah the new what yeah I don't like it I miss how it was <laughs> mm-hmm. I know I know it's just uh there's something missing because it just, well half the time like I, I don't know about you but I always like to watch tv shows most of the time on closed captioned anyway even if uh, I uh, totally understand everyone I just like to have that closed captioning on for yeah. sure I've been doing that for this season because half the things he's even saying the narrator I'm like I truly don't even understand what he even said I know yeah Ugh. and I'm really going into this season of Love Island, the U.S. Just with, the, I, I would say that last year I went into it very dialed in, and last season just I hated it so much. The production and everything I liked, but the actual people I hated. So now I feel like it's kind of put me off a little bit. Did you agree? Did you watch last season? Yep. Um, I thought uh, there was there were some people that were good. I kind of almost feel the same way as this season. Like there are some a couple redeemable people who are really really cool that, I, that I'm sort of holding on to. 
like even like through this through the season that I've been watching so far, it's like there's some people that I kind of like. I, I, I tend to like Timmy. I think he's kind of cool. Jesse has some good uh, love triangle drama going on. So it's like mm-hmm. there's a, at least there's a few characters that I'm liking that sort of keeps me coming back a little bit. Um, but yeah, as a whole, anyway, the the cast, uh, yeah, there's a lot of like clunkers so far. I feel. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't go the same direction as last season, where it was a late couple who won. And a couple that necessarily, like, had it built, like, a strong connection from the start. Like, I really want, I really, really want it to be, and I know some people disagree, but the thing I like about Love Island is I love the drama, obviously. However, I really do like when a couple that I actually am confident in wins. And last year was Olivia and Corey. I could have told you for free that those two didn't even like each other. <laughs> oh, did, so they, I never, like I said, I never follow up with these things so that they're not a couple anymore? No. Oh my God. I don't <laughs> think they were ever a couple. I actually don't think they were ever a couple. If you're asking me, I don't think they were ever a couple. <laughs> That's funny. I, uh, like I, so every so often I am curious. Oh, I wonder, I wonder if, uh, like, uh, uh last year, Cinco and, um, I know he had a love triangle as well. Um, Cash, I yes. believe her name was. Are they, are they, are, are they a thing uh, now? Or I, again, I never follow up with these. They things. recently broke up. Hmm. They broke up maybe like a few months ago. And then Kyra and Will, they broke up. I don't think there's any couples. Oh, yeah. And Shannon and Josh broke up too. Oh, no. that They actually seem legit for sure. They did. Yeah. And they just broke up like a few weeks ago. Oh, dang. Oh, that's. Yeah, uh, on top of it. I'm on top of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, I uh, I always love these uh, the you know the entertaining uh, seasons or whatever. But then what, once it comes around, I'm like, I've actually I forget completely what uh, uh, who was picked or whatever. Uh, I told you it's only it's it's only reality TV and sports in this brain. So <laughs> it's it. But I, I, I guess not with you. But for me, it's amazing. I see all these different shows. I'm dialed in. I know all these people. And then by the next season, I'm like, oh wait, what was her what was her name? Like it just it, 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 well, it, it escapes me so quickly. Especially in these shows, because we kind of get every year the same people in different fonts, as I like to say, right? Yes. So it's not hard to it's not hard to kind of mix up people from different seasons and 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 even different, you know, like years back. It's like they all kind of yeah they all kind of mishmash, and so it's not hard to kind of be like, who is that again? What season were they on? It's it's really easy to kind of uh, mix up those people because very much same people, different fonts every season. Well, uh, speaking exactly to that, uh, the again, uh, the Brazilian guy this season of Love Island is exactly carbon copy to Will last season. I'm like, it's just Will yes. again. Literally, right? And, and then the blonde is just like Shannon or what's her name? Uh, Maddie. Mm-hmm. M-A-D-Y. Weird spelling. Yeah. yeah, Maddie. Like she reminds me a lot of Shannon. Um, uh, what's the other girl's name? She just, uh, Sydney, I'm getting Olivia vibe, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's just, they're all, and then, you know, Jesse's like, I'm getting, um, Cinco vibe, you know? Sure. Yep. So it's just, it, you get the same group of people, you get the same group of people every year. And here's the thing though, I, I find very weird uh, not to get too uh, political or whatever, not political, but to go too deep into the weeds, but. I find it weird to me. So years ago on reality shows, uh, unfortunately, like say, for example, Survivor used to be 14 white people, one uh, black man, one black woman. That was like sort of yeah. like the token. So and now thankfully, in a very good way, thank God, finally, they've had like, you know, a lot more uh, people of color on these shows, which as of course they should. Um, uh, but now it's going uh, uh, on Love Island, zero Asian people, 
big brother, yeah. zero Asian people, bachelorette, one Asian guy. It's like, but now you're basically doing what you used to do with a lot of times with the, with the black contestants. Now with Asian, it just, it just horrible to me. And also it's like, you'd think you'd want, especially on like a show, for example, like Survivor, you'd think you'd want to have people from different cultures in the show because they view the world differently, thus potentially bringing more drama to the show. And uh, I hate that. Like there's, yeah, there's never any Asian people on the show. That's like, what? They just got forgotten, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 quite discouraging. It's ironically, I was just having this conversation with a friend last night. I did see a fr- I saw a friend of mine last night, and we were just chatting. And um, she is part she's partly Asian, um, but obviously that side of the family, you know, that's their background. That's what, and, and that's a it was, it's a big part of her life. And she was saying that, you know, she said it's it is discouraging. She can't even really think of many. Um, not just TV characters, reality show character. I don't know if you want to say characters, actors, who she feels like she can really reside with. And, and then she is, like I said, she is mixed Asian. However, she said, when you do see these people on the shows, that's usually what they are, mixed Asian, which is great. That's still representation. But she said, when was the last time you saw a fully Asian cast member on a show that wasn't, you know, crazy rich Asians or something like that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you're, you're right. It's, it's just, it just, I don't, I don't get it. It's just so, so bizarre to me that, uh, like it's just, it's, very it's just, and then, uh, I don't get it. And then, you know, like on another, like on, like you said, if there is any show, I think that does do representation. Well, I do actually think it's love Island. Um, maybe not Asian representation, but I could see them moving towards it. Like they did have a couple of cast members last last season, and like you know, there's Casa more. Like we could see more people coming in, right? So mm-hmm. we shouldn't we shouldn't. But you're right. Initially, it, it, it's a little discouraging. But they do good, do a good job, I think, of keeping the, the cast at fifty fifty in terms of like people of color and different backgrounds. And they're even incorporating. I've noticed um, women wise, not men wise, mm-hmm. which is upsetting women wise some girls who are above a size four god forbid oh absolutely and and yeah as it should like it's just like like you know just yeah it's basically a lot of times especially on love island uh it feels like or you know bachelorette type of thing because i think i heard a a story that uh katie last season uh wanted to she's like i've dated a few fluffy guys in my past like i want you to have uh, a couple i think it was katie Maybe I think that's what it was her. She's like, yeah, I'd like to have a couple of guys like that. And they didn't cast any guys who were, uh, you know, uh, not like a, you know, a jacked guy. So it's like, why yeah, don't, it, why don't you do that more? It just seems, it weird bothers me. me. It's the one thing. Uh, and you know, again, there needs to be representation on all fronts. That's of all people of, of any color of any race, but you know, while we're at it, why not? a size six why not a guy who doesn't go to the gym six times a day because it's it's funny right because obviously reality tv is like a elevated version of of what actual what actual reality is however i think as we kind of move forward with reality tv in this world we're starting to see people want it to be more re- the more actual real version of reality Mm -hmm. so people are wanting to see right like normal looking people not models versions of you know kind of like what society standard of good looking is because 
if you put a group of, let's say, like, Americans in a room, you're going to find that not everyone's type is, like, skinny and white, right? There's going to be people who like everyone, people who like bigger guys, bigger girls, girls with short hair and not just long blonde hair, guys with of different races and backgrounds and girls with an armful of tattoos and guys with a, like a nose ring, you know, like there's people like more than just a ripped white guy. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, a guy who doesn't go to the gym six times a day, as you said, a guy who, uh, you know, isn't crazy jacked. It sounds like I should be applying and I should be cast on a love Island or big brother or a bachelorette, those types of shows. So that'd be perfect for that role. I will be, yeah. I will be the guy who uh, is the Guinea pig on that. Uh, put me on the show. Yeah, well, but like, why not? Why, why? So it's funny that you're saying that because, so obviously you guys had uh, Brandon on the show who was on Bachelor in Paradise in Canada. And I can remember when they were casting for it. And it's just kind of a running joke of my friends that I've just been single for so long, right? Like, I've, like it's just, I've always been single. And so everyone was kind of joking, but not joking, to talk, like saying I should apply for the show. And it's so sad that me, someone who is, you know, I'm, I'm white. I'm, I don't have any kind of, I'm not an oppressed human being. And I still did not feel like I would have ever had a chance applying for that show because I'm a size six. Well, that's and uh, I was like, crazy. Oh, I was, I, and I, I remember saying to my friends, like, I can't, I can't even put an application. They won't even look at me. Like I, those girls walk around in bikinis all day. I, I don't, I don't like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, like rock hard on every angle in a bikini. Right. And that's crazy because I'm not, I'm a size six, mm-hmm. I, you know, and, mm-hmm. but like what, but a size six. Okay. That's, that's, that's still society standard of small. And I still wasn't confident enough. Now imagine you're a size 10, how, or even, you know, a size 12, like why should those women and men not feel confident enough to go on a show to find love. Yeah. It's, uh, it's awful. yeah. And again, like, especially with now, nowadays with the world, thankfully getting better in terms of, uh, representation and all these different things, you'd think the producers would be pushing for that more. Uh, like, uh, actually the last season, I think it was last or maybe it was two seasons ago, big brother, Canada, they had, had a lot of different uh, folks, uh, from different backgrounds and everything, everything like that. Actually, even big brother America last season, they well, had uh, that as well. And it's like, okay, good. This is what it should be. I don't understand why they wouldn't want different types of people. It, it just seems crazy to me. But the discouraging part about it is, okay, so I noticed on the circle, right, lots of people, Mm. like, gay, straight, big, small, black, white, everything. However, it's not a show to find love. It's actually funny you bring up the circle. I saw the first two seasons, and I started season three, and they might might even be done season four now, and I have to get back on that. But you are right. There was definitely lots of different... But of course, unfortunately, a lot of times, the, 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 if I'm not mistaken anyway, the seasons I saw, like say there was a bigger woman, she would be playing like the version of like this, you know, slender girl just because she didn't want to be basically ostracized uh, into everyone thinking, oh, they're not going to like this bigger girl. Am I right? I think that a, a, one of the yeah. girls did that. Yeah, a lot did. But, and, but like to the, to the point of talking about, about representation and in, in finding love. That's where it upsets me because, okay, sure, you're representing these people by putting them on your screen. But, yeah, like you said, it is a show about catfishing and a lot of them are kind of hiding their identities. But why is it only okay to put people of all shapes and sizes and backgrounds on a reality show when it's not for love? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All, uh... I, all I'm getting from that is, okay, so what, big girls and big guys and 
and and girls of different backgrounds and guys of different backgrounds, they're worthy of being a, on a goofy show, but they're not worthy of love. Yeah, that's great. That's a very uh, salient good word uh, point. I hope that the more people kind of talk about these things, like there is changes. And, and I will say, even if they're not giant strides, like I think we've seen strides in these shows, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's always room for improvement, right? And so I don't think it's fair to like necessarily let these these types of shows kind of off, uh, like, you know, with no kind of uh, criticism. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm taking it at face value. Yeah, right. It's like, whatever. Like if these, if these are what, if these are the type of people that productions think are only worthy of being in love, whatever. You yeah. suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, we couldn't wrap that up any better. That's a very great point. Recently here, uh, obviously the big sports news, hockey news in July, uh, man, gotta be rough to be a Calgary Flames fan. Johnny Goudreau bolts Calgary, not to go to like a a cup contender team or like, you know, uh, you know, an original six franchise or something. He bolts Calgary to go to Columbus and then Matthew Kachuk. Confidently too, confidently. (laughs) Very, very odd. And then Matthew Kachuk says, I'm not going to resign. So basically trade me. And they got rid of him to Florida in a big package, actually. Uh, both American players not wanting to play in Calgary. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you, I've been saying this. First of all, Calgary fans don't deserve this, okay? Oh, they don't deserve they this. They need a big hug. Yeah, but my thing is, and I've been saying this, I've been saying this for years. I can remember this 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 phrase leaving my mouth in, like, 2015. You can't convince me otherwise. American players want to play in America. Yeah, no, it's uh, certainly, well, obviously with Goudreau and uh, Kachuk, that's proven true. Let's hope it doesn't happen for Austin Matthews and the Leafs, though, hopefully. Yeah, I don't know. He's got it. He's got it pretty good. I don't think we have to worry about that. But I don't know. You never know, right? Like, you never know now. It's it, it's really, it's pretty discouraging. It's, it's as a, if, I mean, I'm not a Calgary fan. But if I was, you know, I'd be kind of pissed off. Especially because they were pretty close last year. They had a really, really good, uh, you know, good season. They made it to the second round of the playoffs. It wasn't like this Calgary team has been, you know, brutal for like five, six years. Then I would, could kind of understand that. And from what I've always been told, the players love playing for Daryl Sutter. So I'm trying to actually wrap my my mind around, like, what is the factor? Uh, and, I, and again, like like you said, it might just be that they simply don't want to play in Canada. Maybe they don't, they don't, want, don't want to be so under the microscope every game, possibly. Um, but Columbus? Ugh, I, that that right? one's just so weird, right? Right. It's funny because I get, I get, you know, it, it, I would have got a lot of places Columbus, I know, right? I don't know. But I don't have a lot to back up my theory. My theory is just American players want to play in America. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's probably right. You're probably right. And, and you know, you, you feel bad for Calgary fans. You kind of, the, the Florida, I don't know what they were doing. The whole thing is just odd. At least Calgary got a pretty good package back for Matthew Kachuk, like uh, Jonathan yeah, Huberto, good defenseman, uh, first-round pick, and a prospect, I guess. Like, Considering they basically knew they had to trade the guy, I thought they got a pretty good deal out of that. Uh, you know, well, well, Of course, time will tell. But, uh, yeah, that's... Man, oh, Calgary a got deal. a great return for... You know, they, they, they came out as well as they could have in that situation, I think. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. As to what Florida was doing, but 
that's okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess they're they're thinking as uh, obviously they got dummied by the Tampa Bay Lightning in four games in the second round of the playoffs. I guess they wanted to get you know stronger and tougher with Matthew Kachuk. You bring some snarl to the equation, but uh, who knows? Like he had a, a career year in, in goals and assists this year. Like uh, you know, obviously he's not going to be a horrible in Florida, but maybe that was his career year, and uh, then they, they might end up regretting this trade. Well, uh, I guess we'll have to see on that one. But uh, yeah, what we will we will be seeing. It's kind of how that plays out. I do think there will be a little bit of regret, if I'm being honest. And kind of while we're on the topic of hockey, do you want to talk about Hockey Canada? Sure. Uh, let's go for it, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you, what's your – how are you feeling about that? It just seems like uh, they're, they're you know, backtracking like crazy, trying to, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, bail out a boat with a bo- the boat full of water, and they're just trying to, like, do their – add anything they can to try to uh, – get themselves out of a horrible situation and uh man there is just it's a messy messy stuff going on with them and and it's yeah, uh, it's, it's awful it's it's real disgusting it, it is you know a lot of people are saying oh i'm not surprised i'm not surprised i am mm-hmm. I, I don't know am i am i am i stupid for saying that i i don't know why i, I am surprised uh, you have a membership fee that covers sexual assault cases yeah, that's yeah, that's. Uh, I haven't delved like the like, super deeply into the into the subject. Uh, I didn't even hear about that one. That's uh, that's wild. Well, yeah. So yeah, I'm not going to get too far into it, but no, go as far into, as into day, it as, as as you want. Uh, no, no question. Talk about whatever you'd like. Yeah. So again, I kind of. I mean, crazy. So we've been seeing like lots of sexual assault cases come up in the NHL. We have uh, that one coach. Um, there's something with the Canucks. There's a lot going on right now. And then we have the Hockey Canada. And I guess my thing is, is, is just, I, I try not to dive too far deep into these stories either, only because it just upsets me. It makes me feel kind of icky and sad. But what I can tell you about the Hockey Canada case is basically long story short, do you, do you know it was with the 2018 world junior hockey team, there was, uh, there was like a pending um, sexual assault, alleged sexual assault case that involved eight or more players mm-hmm. on the team. In, with anyway, and basically, it came out that Hockey Canada has a national equity fund, quote unquote, that covers the the fees for sexual assault cases among Hockey Canada. Wow. That's... So that's what, and this is what people are, you know, I mean, there's lots of, there's a many different facets you could go down in terms of being upset about this, but it's just uh, like, I think as you could agree with this, cause I think we both work on the lighter side of sports, right? We both kind of work in uh, the, the lighter side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, when you hear stuff like this, it's just like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. It's horrible, and uh, like you said, the lighter type of type of sports. Generally speaking, that's why I like working in sports because it's about you know games that we're all so passionate about. But ultimately, at the end of the day, don't actually matter as much as, of course, it matters in the moment. But at the end of the day, it doesn't actually matter. Um, you know, we're just watching you know games. But yeah, when it gets to this types of uh, stuff and these types of news, obviously, it's horrible, and it's like no, this can't be ignored. It's been ignored far too long, and uh, you know. And, there, and I'm sure there's plenty, plenty of other cases we haven't even heard about that they're just trying to, you know, cover up. Was, and the cover-ups, that's the other thing. A lot of these times, they just want to do that just to, you know, I couldn't believe uh, years and years ago, 
when uh, there was allegations made about Patrick Kane of the Blackhawks, I was taking in that press conference the first time he was speaking after that happened, and it was the most tone-deaf press conference I've ever heard in my life. Basically, the Blackhawks had him out there, and he was talking about what happened. He basically said, no comment, no comment, can't say anything. And then they're like, this is a season ticket holders, uh, our shareholders are um, getting all these like the uh, money off tickets, blah, 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 blah. Like it, it was just like, wait, hold on. This isn't what we're talking about. This isn't what the press conference is. But uh, the press conference, of course, was about Patrick Kane, but they essentially took two questions on it and then pivoted to something that had nothing to do with the alleged sexual assault. And it was like, this is so awkward and awful. And that was the, the first part of the Blackhawks being bad. Of course, years later, even worse uh, recently, we heard about so it's it's just it was just so awful and tone deaf and just disgusting, really. It is. You you nailed it. And you know when I had so I do sports updates every half hour, right? That's that's kind of what I do. Um, that's that's what I do on air. And per, uh, you any sports fan knows it, it, around here. The last few nights, minus yesterday with the Jays game, but the, the the last couple nights before that, particularly slow in sports, right? We, there was no. There was no, uh, nothing really going on. So I really leaned into this Hockey Canada um, story in my updates. And some, you know, some guy calls and, and said something along the lines of, I want to hear about sports. I, I, I'll listen to the news line if I want to hear, hear about, you know, th- that. And all I can think is, well, guess what, buddy? That is sports. Mm-hmm. You just haven't seen it, okay? Mm-hmm. And so you know, open your eyes because gone are the days that we can let coaches, athletes, whatever it is. Like it's not sunshine and rainbows. And as much as I know a lot of us get into this, into sports, into the sports world, because it kind of is sunshine and rainbows compared to working in news. It's that can't be the case anymore. And a lot of times those people will say like, oh, just stick to sports. Like you said, stick to sports. Kate, just I hate when people like you can't have an opinion on something or you can't be upset about something. You know, it's just like you have to stick to whatever you're 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 like an athlete can't have thoughts about uh, political stuff going on or whatever. I I hate when uh, people behind a keyboard have these stupid remarks. I know it it is. It's 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 really it's upsetting and discouraging because I guess my what I say to those people is. Uh, if it's a if it's a guy, I say, well, I hope your nothing your daughter never gets into a situation like that. And if it's a woman, I hope your son, you know, doesn't get into a situation like that because people really don't seem to to want to hear those stories in sports about their favorite athletes when it doesn't affect them. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. there's a quote actually recently uh, that I saw. Uh, I can't. I think yeah, no, it was definitely part of the Hockey Canada stuff and if someone some guy or someone i guess uh i'm not exactly sure if they called in on a show or they wrote in i'm not exactly sure what it was but they basically said like, what what about the epidemic of people uh, basically lying about sexual assault essentially was uh was this person's point and it's like are you kidding me like that, that that's the whole like just horrible comments like that are reasons why people don't feel they can come forward when these things women can't come forward when these things happen because of the fact that you know, uh, people just immediately suspect that they're lying. Like it's just that's that's just an awful way of, uh, of looking at things. It is. It, it is. It because okay, keep that mindset in every single thing you do in life. Then uh, those people. That's what I want. That's what I say to them. Okay, every single thing that happens in your life now, keep hold that mindset. You get t-boned by a car. Well, well, well. well what? Why were? 
what what were you doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, I don't know that we can really, you know, I don't know that we can really uh, investigate this because maybe you're lying. Maybe you actually pulled out in front of him. Yeah, so that's a good, very good point. You're basically just saying they're yeah, throwing it back at them, and and uh, they obviously wouldn't like that. Then all the you know wouldn't fit their narrative that they, that they like. So exactly, yeah, it's you know, uh, that's horrible. That, and if that's how you're going to look at things, if you're going to look at things as you don't want to believe people when they come forward about something, then keep that energy. Don't believe anything you hear. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, and of course, uh, as you know, obviously, especially on Twitter or whatever, uh, it's very prominent or Instagram or whatever, any any form of social media, Facebook, obviously. It's just these it's people, especially when they don't have a profile, it's not actually them, their face. It's just like some like oh, random yeah. account and they could just say whatever they want. Like, oh, and, yeah. uh, even, even as it's so, uh, you know, as much as, uh, something not as, or no, it's still really horrible is like, you know, someone will be like, you know, I've been crushed when, you know, the Seahawks lost the Super Bowl in the one yard line, for example, or something like that. But I never in a million years was I, am I going to tweet Russell Wilson? I, I want to kill you for, you know, throwing an interception. Like never in my mind has something like that entered my brain as, as upset as, as I've been about different things in sports or whatever. It's like. Like for people to do that, I'm just like, uh, unfortunately, there's no uh, re- repercussions for their actions, and it's just sickening. Oh God, it's it's so embarrassing. And like again, you know, we, you and I have both worked in this industry for a while, and, and especially as a female in this industry, oh God, like the, the 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 things that I've had tweeted at me or I've seen tweeted at other people, it's just, oh, it is so embarrassing. It is so embarrassing. People seeing. Okay, and I, I hate to say this. I hate to say this. I hate to say this. But Leafs fans are so. It's not as. I'm not saying they're 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 telling athletes to go kill themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's like the the anger that sports fans feel is okay to like put on social media is wild. Mm-hmm. It is wild. Just people saying things like you know like this team makes me want to jump off my balcony and punch someone in the face. Or even when you see like team fan riots and, and people on Twitter, I hate this team. F my life. F everything. I'm like, it, it's just, it just, it, it never, every time I think I've seen it all, I haven't. Well, uh, Lee fans definitely, uh, there's some of them that are horrific. The funny thing is I, I find about, uh, uh, there's a faction of Leaf fans. There's, of course, those Leaf fans, as you said, that are that will say those types of things. But then there's um, then there's also, of course, the Leaf haters uh, who uh, who absolutely think all Leaf fans think that every single Leaf fan thinks we're winning the Cup this year. And it's like that's completely <laughs> yeah. wrong. That's like so going into Game Seven against Tampa Bay this last year, I was on a golf course with three other buddies in the uh, brag. I have friends, and uh, and I it was basically. All four of us were like, no, the Leafs are losing the money. Uh, they're, they're losing the game tonight. We bet money against Toronto. Of course, I would love to have lost that money that Toronto would have actually won the game. But it's like, no, true Leaf fans know at every turn, at some way, shape, or form, <laughs> they're going to screw up. But there's a lot of f- faction of uh, fans on Twitter who hate the Leafs who think all Leaf fans think they're going to win the Cup every year. It's like, no, if you're a true Maple Leafs fan... You know, at every turn, they are going to screw it up at some point, shape or form. I was watching Game Seven with um, Adam Scully, our good friend, and uh, he's yeah. like, "Oh, you know, at least went down one nothing," and he's like, "Oh no, lots of time, lots of time." Like, Adam, I told you before the game, I'm not getting emotionally <laughs> invested in this game. They're going to lose. Like as much as, of course, I wanted them to win, and obviously they're a good team to be in Game Seven against Tampa Bay. It's not like they're an awful it's, team, but I'm like, no, they're going to lose. It's fine. It's funny. I think. 
it's rare to come across a level-headed uh, level-headed in the sense of maybe not so one of the extremes on the emotions for Leafs fans because I do find that it's one one extreme or the other. It's either like extreme pessimism or extreme optimism, and there's not much of an in between. No, no, no doubt. I mean, obviously, I get that. How uh, people who don't like the Leafs like they're you know. It, and, you know, especially those who are like, um, I saw a, a post on social media about how, you know, obviously Goudreau, as we were talking about, Goudreau and Kachuk are, uh, you know, went to Americans, went to left Calgary. And what does this mean for Austin Matthews? Because he's American as well for the Maple Leafs. And then some people online, like uh, after that uh, was posting, was like, they were like, oh, um, I have to always bring it back to the Leafs, eh? Like, it's like, no. Like, yeah, like, Leafs it, fans uh, got to find a way to make it about themselves. It's just like, okay, like, but... Like, I understand, like, the New York Yankees have the cachet, the Maple Leafs. Like, there's a certain franchise, New York Knicks, even though they're a terrible team, uh, they have, like, there's certain teams that, you know, good or bad, bring in uh, eyeballs. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, as a good example, bring eyeballs to those stories. So it's like, uh, you know, and so, yeah, I guess uh, maybe there's some sort of jealousy or something. I don't know what it is, but definitely a lot of vitriol. Good word to, to word Maple Leaf fans. Yeah, it's, it's strange because I... I always thought like, oh, maybe it's just because I'm a non-Leafs fan living in a Toronto market that I feel that way. But then maybe a week and a half ago, I saw something go through on Twitter. And it was it was something like uh, it was it was like a real it was like a verified account. And it was something like these are the most annoying mm. uh, fans in the NHL voted by fellow fans or something. Mm-hmm. I think I saw and like, that. And yes, you probably saw it. And, and I, Leafs fans are number one. Yeah. yeah. Hey, look, uh, I don't disagree, even though I am a Leaf fan. Like, there are definitely times that I'm like, no, dude, like, you posting that is exactly what makes non Leaf fans think that Leaf fans are all idiots. Like, no, you're ruining it for the rest of us who actually are yeah. level headed. So that always drives me nuts. There's a definitely some Leaf fans, you're like, oh my God, man. Like, come on. I have- we're not going to trade uh, Mitch Marner for, you know, uh, you know, the whole calorie. We're not, you know, not going to do these dumb trade offers that sometimes I saw, see some offers that Leaf fans put out there. It's like that. I remember uh, I'm trying to think of the one. It was years ago. It was uh, Evgeny Malkin. Uh, this is what some Leaf fans were saying. In Malkin's prime, like five, six years ago. Malkin yeah. to Toronto for like Stuart Percy, a first round draft pick. You probably don't even know who he is, who lasted <laughs> like 15 games in the NHL. Uh, Stuart Percy, a third round pick and like a fourth line winger. I'm like, are you stupid? Like, but unfortunately, yeah, that's, uh, that's some Leaf fans and make every, they make this normal Leaf fans look like idiots. Oh, I, I have a friend who works for uh, Sportsnet's Bets and he is very much like you where He's always like he always tweets. He'll tweet at people, and and he'll he'll tweet at like random Leafs fans and be like, "What are you saying? You are ruining our. You are ruining any kind of reputation rep or uh any kind of reputation we have left. Mm-hmm. Like, please stop saying these things and putting these ideas on the internet. Like, it's just." You know what? It's entertaining for someone like me, but I can see as like for someone who is a Leafs fan how uh, upsetting that 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 could be. It's so funny that you brought that up because I you know I write some stuff down that we possibly could talk about every episode. Uh, and one of the things I had written was <laughs> Leaf fans slash annoying fans. I actually had written uh, that that was a topic that we could discuss because I had a feeling because I know you are a Detroit sports fan that you probably mm-hmm. have uh, thoughts about how Leaf fans uh, are pretty freaking annoying at times. Here's the thing about Leafs fans. I respect the hell out of them because God, like 
that is just a group of people who ha- who have you've been th- you have been through it all, right? Like for me, someone like myself, I'm a Wigs fan, right? We had some great years. We had a European gold mine. We had cups. Mm-hmm. You know, we had like we had we had it all. So coming into, you know, around 2015, 2016, you know, missing the playoffs for the first time in like 24 years or something and kind of going a little downhill. It's all good, right? All good. That's going to happen. But for Leafs fans, it's just like I I got to respect you. There's a, like I can only say so much when it, it when it comes to, you know, kind of poking fun at them being annoying and and this and that because I I I respect I respect what you go through. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the I, thing. The Leafs are horrible for so many years uh, that, of course, didn't even come close to having a sniff for the playoffs. And now they've, of course, been pretty, you know, quite damn good the last five, six years. But now they can't yeah. even get out of the first round. So it's not even, We're not even talking about winning the Stanley Cup here. We're talking about winning one series. I swear if the Leafs would win a series, it would be like they won the Cup. They could get swept the next round like Florida did to Tampa Bay. And everyone at Liberty Fan would be like, Kate, we're good. We won our cup, basically. Like, it's just <laughs> crazy to think the bar well, is so low, yet they still can't even get past the first round. Well, I saw, you know, I was obviously on Twitter during the playoffs, and people who aren't from Toronto, just like hockey fans, like kind of retweeting videos of Maple Leaf Square being like, this is crazy. Like, whole, like people are celebrating every goal. Like, it's like they won the, they won the cup. And, and you know what? I actually, I actually disagreed with them, those people, because I was like, you don't understand. This is like winning a cup for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Let them have this excitement because this is like winning a cup for them. Right. Yeah, like it'll all end in tears eventually. Fans, yeah. Like I think a lot of hockey fans, especially American hockey fans, they don't, they, they just don't get it. I'm, I, I fully supported the, the, the crazy goal celebrations and all that. I really, I really did actually, I was on board for that. I, I, I couldn't help but think, you know, yeah, take, take every goal you guys can get <laughs> and celebrate it. Speaking of another Toronto sports team, of course, you already mentioned the, uh, the Blue Jays a couple nights ago. Uh, they, you know, that crazy, the most runs they've ever scored in a, in a game so far. Got rid of Charlie Montoyo uh, recently, and they've been pretty good since then. Uh, I can never get a, I've talked about this in this podcast a few times. I can never get a sense on him. Good or bad, it was just like he's just there. I never had a, gr- a big opinion on him type thing. Uh, no, I, I, and you're a Detroit Tigers fan. Did what do you think of Montoya? Did you like him? Dislike him? Uh, uh, it's so weird that you say that because I I don't I also don't really have an opinion. I'm I'm very unsure. Here's the thing about the Blue Jays for me is I don't. So obviously, especially right now, it's kind of the only thing that going on is baseball right like this time of year and I remember when the uh people were talking about Montoya how long ago was this well so yes yeah, so he, he would have been what a fire like a week ago or a week and a half ago something like that oh it's only a week and a half ago okay yeah and you know people were like really freaking out about it and and, and I was like I don't even I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't know much about him. I don't have a, I didn't really have a big read on the situation, mm-hmm. even though I'm talking about the Jays every day and watching it a game every single day. I was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know either. And, and, and the Jays are another team that I think fans are like, are, are it, it's, 
that culture of they suck. They're the best. They're they're great. They're terrible. It's like especially with baseball because there's so many games. Like you know, so they, they lost nine of ten, which is obviously I was obviously upset about it as well. But it's like it's such a long season. Even the best teams, the Yankees will lose seven of ten at some point, and they sort of have they've cooled off here a little bit. Even the best teams lose seven of ten, or you know maybe maybe not nine of ten. It's a bit extreme. Yeah, but like, and then, but then you then all of a sudden we win five of six, and all of a sudden it's all good again. So it's it's a long season. It's, that's what I need. I, I try and tell people that like we're just getting. And I had done like a report. I had said you know Jay's entering the second half of the season at fifteen forty three. Blah blah blah. And some guy calls because I had said like you know looking good if compared to this time last year, like better record. Da, 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 da. This guy calls. He's like, oh, you know, like. No, we have so much work to do. This team has so much work to still do. Look at this and that and blah, 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 blah. We need to be making moves. We need to be doing this. We need to be to be, to be be going after this player. We And I'm like, buddy, like, like there's so many games still. And the, obviously the AL East was insane for a while there. All five teams were above 500, even Baltimore, yes, because they went on a, a, a great run there as well. It's like... You know, I think it's because people see the Yankees and they're so far ahead. You know, if the Jays were uh, amongst those five teams and they all were, were within two, three games, it wouldn't seem as drastic, I guess. But with the extra wild card being in there, I'm I'm fairly certain unless there's a rash of injuries, the Blue Jays will be in the playoffs. You think they'll be in the playoffs as a wild card team? Certainly not as as a AL East winner. Obviously, New York Yankees are going to win that, but. I think they'll yeah. be in the playoffs as a wild card team. So, uh, you know, people just need to. Mariners had an insane run where they won a bunch of games in a row. Then they're going to lose like four or five, like any other team. And all of a sudden, then they're going to be four games back again. It's like, you know, it's, exactly. uh, it's it, it is a long ass season, you know? No, exactly. And and then that's, and that's just kind of people. It, it, it's it's kind of ridiculous. I Like I said, I, I had people writing in and tweeting at me saying, uh, because obviously we are on the all-star break. So like lots of uh, more opinions, uh, less facts in terms of my updates, right? People, people are writing me like, well, you should be talking about the Jays chances. You should be talking about the Jays chances of, of, of uh, for the playoffs. You should be talking about the, the chances of this. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. First of all, this isn't a round table, yeah, right? That, that's your job is to, and, is to report the facts is it not but, <laughs> like, but and also it's baseball mm-hmm. it's not it's baseball like they're they're playing they're playing t- a million games in the next three days you know do you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like i don't know oh, god like i just wish people would just enjoy things more sometimes i, I think <laughs> um i think people view baseball a lot because uh, it's literally 10 times the amount of games as a nfl or pretty much it used to be when it was 16 games in the NFL. Pretty much uh, 10 times the amount of games. As, but I think people view every baseball game now like it's an NFL game or CFL game in terms of the fact that there's – or college football, obviously you love um, uh, Michigan. Like uh, the, the, Because every game in football does pretty much matter, especially in college football – people oh. view baseball the same way now. It's like, no, but there's – you know, it's, it, it, it's totally different. No, it, it's – and it's so different. And, you know, like the other thing is too is – for as different as it is, there's also, like, what you know and you don't know, right? We know the Jays aren't going to win a World Series this year. But, like, I'm pretty – I think we're pretty certain about that. Probably, right? but, I mean, you never know in the baseball playoffs. I mean, right. Atlanta yeah. looked like crap last year and they made the playoffs and won. But realistically, but, yeah, you're probably right, yeah. Let's just say, right? Okay. So then just enjoy, enjoy the season for what it is then. You have such – 
a fun team to watch right now. Yep. You have, you know, like en- enjoy what you have. Look at, you know, look at the team that we have. Like for me, when I'm watching these games now, like Kirk, like, like, Stop. you know, Alec Manoa, like pure entertainment. You Stop. have such a fun team to watch. Like, just enjoy it. Enjoy it for what it is. I know we both love golf. Uh, I'm so rattled, by the way, that I was going to bet Brooke Henderson to win the Evian Championship at 28 to 1, and I didn't do it as of this recording. She's going to the final round uh, with the lead. I'm yeah. so rattled. Oh, she's so good, and I, I should have bet on her. Breaking news, breaking news. Brooke Henderson won the Evian Championship for her second career major title. I love Brooke Henderson. Oh, my God, I love her. She is – it's uh, – and I'm sure Scully's probably mentioned this before because Scully and I went to the same school. Uh, Brooke Henderson was someone that like you had you put her in your updates. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't an option to not put her in there. Like I wish we were talking about Brooke Henderson more. I put her every time, anytime she's she's in a. I mean, she's been doing quite well, and 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 anytime she's playing, I I throw in what you know just kind of where she's at like in that tournament into my update and i had a couple people in the newsroom be like who's brooke henderson and i'm like oh my god like who's brooke henderson only the most the winningest golfer in canadian golf history male or female so uh i do feel like we just don't appreciate how great she is for some reason like anywhere close to the amount that we should uh it's it's weird she's she's an excellent golfer for quite a few years now for six, seven years, mm-hmm. like you want to, you yeah, you want to be uh, you know, a can you love all these like Canadian golfers? Well, yeah, exactly like you said. Guess who the winningest one of all time is? <laughs> Not the guys that you like is her. Nope. She's amazing, and you know, like you said, um, there's always like you know, she's typically she's always in a position that you can you have something to talk about when she's playing, like. She is exciting. She's she's great with the media. She's again just an amazing golfer. And I don't know why we're not talking about her more. I, I wish I I had saw some tweets coming through when she when they were playing. Um, what was the the last tournament before this? Uh, the probably were women's uh, PGA Championship, I think. KPMG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, whatever it was, they weren't even televising. Like they weren't even televising it. Yeah, that's, and, that's crazy. Yep. And, and, and it was wild. And, and people were saying, like, why, what, how are you not showing literally the best female golfer and one of the best golfers in this country, period? Yeah, but, it's uh, LPGA coverage in general is so uh, lackluster. Like, uh, it happens, uh, actually, it wasn't even, not even just LPGA, but there's been plenty of times on Golf Channel and LPGA uh, playoff. Uh, actually, no, it was the U.S. Women's Open, I believe. It went to a playoff or it was down to the, the final couple holes, and they put it on, They I think it was on NBC, and they put it on Peacock and, and to, in lieu of gymnastics, I believe it was. So it's like if you were watching that women's major golf tournament with like two holes to play, uh, no longer on NBC. And, of course, understandably, people were up in arms about it, especially because in yeah. Canada you can't get Peacock. Uh, so it is uh, the coverage of the LPGA is definitely lackluster. No, it's sad and it's like it's embarrassing and I could go on about that stuff like women's sports coverage forever but on the topic of golf just the live golf I just I don't know it it's so like 
you'll never see stronger opinions when when you're talking about sports right now than people have about live golf. Like I, as a joke, put something in my one of my dating profile bio, uh, you know, prompts, and it said something like let's have a debate and I put about live golf. <laughs> oh God, do I regret that? Right, just a bunch of guys uh, sliding into oh, those DMs and talking about it? Like just guys being like, you're telling me you wouldn't want to make more money? You're telling me you wouldn't? <laughs> you, I'm like, oh my God, man. Okay, here's, a, here's my opinion. This is kind of, I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion. I'm not sure because I haven't talked to many people about, go- about live golf. Sure. The thing about golf compared to other sports is it is... No, it, it's it's just such it's so classic you know like the traditions that come with golf and i'm not saying every tradition and every circumstance in life is a good thing because traditions are sometimes meant to be broken but traditionally the the, the what what how golf the traditions that, that come with golf are so timeless and just you know it, it it's one of those sports that has just remained not the same, but remained traditional. And so with like live golf coming in, it just, it almost just feels like something that was so timeless is now just so gimmicky. Mm-hmm. 54 hole turf for those who don't uh, haven't been following. It's actually funny to me as yeah. So live, live golf, 54 holes shotgun starts. That means they're all playing at the same time on different holes. Uh, yeah. And you know, it, yeah, 54 holes thing. I can't get over uh, no cuts at all. Um, it's, it's a value fascinating to me that I'm a diehard golf fan and I've watched maybe like five minutes of it. Don't really care for it at all, but more people who don't really care about golf seem to be more enthralled with the live golf than people who actually do really like golf. It's a very interesting to me. Yeah. It's drawing some weird crowds. I'm not going to lie. And I don't know why, because I guess like my thing is, is it's still golf. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though it is like all weird and it's not the same as what we're typically used to watching, it's still golf. So I don't really know why people would be interested in live golf and not, you know, like the PGA. I, I don't know if it's because they're just trying to make like a political point. I, I, that's, good, that's a good question like, you know, for me to answer because I actually don't know why I'm not. Uh, well, first of all, the. Uh, typically, unless it's a major, even though I'm a diehard fan, I don't really watch the first two rounds of tournaments normally anyhow. So it, it normally would be the, the, you know, the third and fourth rounds. I'm, I'm, I, I dial into those. So the first few rounds of, of lift golf, I haven't you know, really normally cared because I normally wouldn't anyhow. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I haven't watched the first couple of tournaments. You know, I was doing family things or whatever, and I, I was still checking the scores. Like, I'm still like, oh, I'm kind of interested. Somewhat like the DP World Tour. Like, you know, um, I never really usually watch the European Tour. It used to be the European Tour. But I still will check the scores of it, but I'm not like dialed into watching. So maybe it's just simply, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not, I just don't really seem to at this point really care all that much. Uh, I of course, care. I hate that more, I want more players to be playing together in the, in the big tournaments. So I hope from all this, it turns into one big world tour. That's the, that's the hope for, uh, from all this. Uh, yeah. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the direction it goes. It's just, yeah, like I don't, I don't like the divide. I, I typically, yeah, I mean, I'm, I also don't really watch like the first, I, I usually only watch the last couple rounds in tournaments. But right now, like, 
I don't know what it is about live golf. I don't know. I actually don't know. I don't have a definite answer. I just don't like it. It, it, it gives me an icky vibe. The leaderboard. Have you seen a leaderboard? Yeah. It, it, I think that people were saying, cause I don't really watch. I used to watch F1 back in the day, but I don't now. It looks they're like saying, F1. They're, yeah. They're, they're sort of trying to model it on F1. Of course, it's on like YouTube live golf as well. Golf an extreme sport or something. <laughs> yeah. It, I think because typically, like as much as I love golf, it is uh, for most people more they would say a boring sport to watch. I think they're trying to like spice it up things, uh, spice up things a little bit. I think, but, that's they, where, but it's it uh, it's it just that's where, not working. Of where I'm saying like you, they're breaking all these like really beautiful traditions of like it's a calming, like slow moving, you know, like taking your time and enjoying like that's the point of golf <laughs> we'll see how this live tour thing I, I think as of now i'm not like super dialed into it but uh maybe eventually i think it's uh, already like kind of fading in terms of like people were really up in arms about it at first you know like oh what players are gonna are gonna be are gonna move to live golf and this and, and i think everyone just kind of doesn't care anymore i think everyone's like okay whatever yeah yeah do you do your you do you boo type of thing <laughs> that sort literally, of thing you know literally you do you boo like that's how i feel now I'm like all right whatever when i see like a new player has signed with like the live golf tour i'm like okay i will get you out of here on this uh obviously like i said uh, you're a huge michigan wolverines fan uh actually uh, before we even get to that i forgot about this uh, are you uh, a detroit lions fan or a green bay packers fan no 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 i'm a lot i would trade everything lions fan okay because uh, i find it maybe i'm wrong with this it seems like uh, some people I'll know from like Windsor or whatever, they're like a, a Red Wings fan, Pistons fan, Tigers fan, Packers fan. And I'm like, wait, what? That doesn't, it, it seems to me that it happens a lot. It just confuses me. Yeah. You know, cause it's hard to be a Lions fan. Uh, there's <laughs> no, there's no question about that. That's for sure. Yep. I think a Detroit fan, here's my theory on, on, uh, on that Detroit fans had it real good, right? You had, you had your, your, uh, your Tigers, who were have historically been good, especially in the in the early two thousands, late nineties, right? Then you got your Wings, always early two thousands, late nineties, amazing team. You got your Pistons, early two thousands, late nineties, amazing team. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Lions, right? And so I think I think when it when it comes to I think uh, Detroit or football fans um, from the area. I think they just wanted to like another winning team. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's so funny. You pick the biggest rival of the team. It's just uh, hilarious to me. Yeah, like my only theory on that is just they just you know they they couldn't they they wanted it they kind of wanted it all. Yeah. I don't I don't. The thing is with uh with me when it comes to football is I'm the same way with basketball where. I can watch any football game and any basketball game mm-hmm. and enjoy it. Like I don't, I can turn on whatever game is on at that time and watch it and enjoy it. I'm definitely away so, with football for sure. And so I don't get as kind of riled up the lions. Whereas like for hockey, I don't know that I would just slip on a random hockey game. I kind of watch the teams that I want to watch and, and, and that's it. And, and so for me, I'm not as passionate about it, but I don't know. There's some, uh, there's a lot of people from where we're back from where I'm from who are like diehard Lions fans and or diehard, yeah, like Packers fans or whatever. And I, and I don't really, I'm I'm not as passionate about it because it's just like the Lions have never been very good. You know, I will say, kind of uh, Stafford's uh, 
Super Bowl win this year was it was exciting that I watched, you know, as a Lions fan. I, I was I got really into that and other than that though, it's it's uh it's not it's I don't blame ex Lions fans for <laughs> converting because that's pretty lackluster. The same there, yeah. The uh uh, obviously, being a big Michigan uh, Wolverines fan, I'll give you the floor now to praise and talk about how great Ohio State Buckeyes are. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, no. Don't even joke about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm assuming you've been to the big house to watch a couple of those games? Yeah, I have. I've been, oh, God. Oh, a, a, a lot, actually. I've been five, six, seven. Wow. Here's the thing about, and, and, and I. It's the one disdain I have about working and living in Toronto is I wish people here, there is some, and then I don't want to upset anyone with this comment. I wish people here were more into college sports because if you've been to the big house before, or even if you've been to any, you know, big college stadium, that environment is unmatched. I've been to a couple of, uh, I think it was um, uh, Illinois versus Penn State a number of years ago uh, game. And, of course, got there like 8 in the morning. We, of course, tailgated. Everyone in the stadium uh, was drunk because you can't drink in the games because uh, uh, it being college and most people probably being underage. But uh, yeah, people were crazy into that game. It was nuts for sure. It's you'll – never, you'll never experience anything like it. Like, oh, God, I just – I could go on about it. But eh, college sports are just – because in my – one of my theories on it is – there's something just so much more exciting about it because, like, those those players are playing for something. And I know people will be like, well, obviously every athlete's playing for something, but, like, they're playing for more. Mm-hmm. They're playing for their future. You know what I mean? Like, they're playing for what where their life is about to, could end up, not where it already is and just more glory on top of it. Well, uh, Taylor, this has been a blast, a uh, uh, long, uh, great discussion. I love it. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, plug your uh, social media and uh, you know, what you do for work and so people can listen to you. Yeah, uh, my social media is all at t- Taylor Jean Lucas all, all, across all platforms. And, yeah, you can listen to me on uh, City News 680. Um, evenings, updates every 15 and 45, past every hour. I'll hit you with a two-minute update. And that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been uh, a blast doing this. And uh, let's hope was, uh, we can do a podcast and Leafs actually win a playoff series. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's always, I, you're my favorite person to talk to about, uh, about kind of what's going on in reality TV and uh, lighthearted sports conversations. So uh, always open to, uh, to talk more. That was tons of fun catching up with Taylor Lucas about a myriad good word of things including our shared love of reality TV shows, namely The Bachelorette. I very much agree with her. That Bachelor in Paradise in September and October, it's going to be weird. I especially loved her discussion on representation mattering on TV shows, and while it's taken a solid turn for the better, work needs to be done. And our chat about how dumb some Maple Leaf fans can be was hilarious. It gets me riled up that Maple Leafs fans rile up other people with their ridiculous points. Brutal. Don't forget you can follow her on social media at Taylor Jean Lucas and listen to her sports updates on City News 680. Thank you so much for listening to episode 86 of the H-Dog Pod. Man. This has been the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael Hound Dog Harrison. Mm-bang. 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 Mm-bang.